Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Thomas learned his lesson. He wasn't going to miss again. He wasn't there that first Easter night, locked in the room with the others, but he wouldn't make that mistake again. So when Peter says he's going fishing, he's there. In fact, he's the first one mentioned after Peter. Maybe he was first in line. For as he learned, you never know when or where Jesus is going to show up. But this story isn't about Thomas, but Peter. Peter is the one Jesus would take aside and have a one-on-one with this day by the Sea of Tiberias, which is another name for the Sea of Galilee. The same sea and the same place where Jesus had first given them a miraculous catch of fish and called Peter to be his disciple and told him that now he would be catching fish. Men. But this day, after three years of following, three years of learning, he has a question for Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? This is one of those questions there is no right answer to. Like, have you stopped kicking the dog? Or have you stopped cheating on your taxes? If you say yes, you admit that you had been doing that before, but stopped. But if you say no, you are saying you still are, that you haven't stopped. So what's Peter supposed to say? Of course, he knows the answer is supposed to be yes. That teaching goes all the way back to Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. There is nothing we should love more than God. It's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods, meaning we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So he knows he should say yes. He wants to say yes. But he also knows that he kind of said that before. And well, you know what happened. It was not that many nights ago, in fact. Jesus telling them that the prophecy of Zechariah was now going to be fulfilled. That I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Peter boldly stated Even though they all fall away, I will not. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. To which Peter said, No way! Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And then, well... You know. 
They say the sense of smell is one of the deepest memory triggers. The morning of our story here, Peter is sitting beside Jesus, beside a charcoal fire. The same as the fire in the courtyard of the high priest. When Peter was asked if he was with Jesus. If he knew Jesus. Certainly his denying was a stain on his conscience, something he would not soon forget. But then add to that the smell of the charcoal fire flashing him back to the courtyard. Back to his shame, back to his horrific failure. And then to hear that question, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? He wants to say yes, but how can he? But he can't say no. Oh, what a jumbled, confused mess he is. So, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, but that's as far as he will go. No more bold claims. Like Thomas, he had learned his lesson too So, more than these, than the others? Or more than these, the tools of his trade that he had gone back to this night? Not going to go there. After Jesus asks a third time, a grieving Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know what's in my heart. You know better than I do. He loved Jesus, he did. He wanted to be with Jesus, he did. He meant what he had said before, he did. He just couldn't. What about you? How would you answer Jesus' question? Like Peter, you know what your answer is supposed to be. But is it? Is it in your life how you live? What you do? How you set your schedule? How you arrange your priorities? How you spend your time, your money? Do you love Jesus more than your family or spouse? Jesus said that before, remember that? Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. How about your work, your play, your sports, your friends, your tech, your gadgets, your sleep, your money, your plans, your goals? Name, fill in the blank. Do you love me more than these? Welcome to Peter's world. Maybe like Thomas and Peter, you've learned your lesson. Maybe there was a day you would have boldly said yes and meant it. But then life happens. 
Conflicts arise, problems, difficulties, fears. They get the best of you. And you find yourself like Peter between a rock and a hard place. And you don't do, you don't say, you don't follow through how you know you should. It's true for me at least. I don't think I'm the only one. Peter's not worthy. Neither are we. And yet, Jesus does not send him packing or back to his fishing business. Doesn't cut him off. He is still in Jesus' plans. He is still an important part of Jesus' plans. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep, Jesus says to him, and do so not because you love me more than these, because he didn't. He couldn't say that. Do so not because you're worthy, because he wasn't. He knew that. Do so because I forgive you. Do so because, you know what, my lambs and sheep, they're not going to be able to answer that question right either. And they will need forgiveness too. Just like you, Peter. So feed them, tend them in this way. Just as I am you. Forgive them. For when it comes to worthy, there's only one. We heard of that in the reading from Revelation today. John's vision of heaven. There's a scroll written on both sides. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. No one found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. And you know what? By the time John had this vision... Peter was already there. Peter had already joined the company of heaven, having already been martyred. But he was not worthy. Even there, even then, even after being martyred for his faith, that did not make him worthy. There was nothing he could do to make himself worthy. There was only one. A lamb who had been slain but was alive again. A lamb whose blood had ransomed people for God from every tribe and nation and people and language and had brought them into the kingdom of God as his priests. He was worthy because he loved his father from eternity. He loved the Lord his God with all his heart and soul and might while here on earth in the flesh. He feared, loved, and trusted God above all things, even when it meant dying on the cross. And he loved you, his neighbor as himself, perfectly. Taking your sin and death and giving you his life taking all your shame, your horrific failure on himself to set you free from it, to ransom you, that you be forgiven, and you are 
just as Peter. And so you are worthy, not because of anything you do. You are worthy because of everything Jesus did for you. Just like at the Sea of Galilee both times. Those fishermen didn't get those large catches of fish because they were so good at their jobs, because they weren't. Both times they fished all night and caught nothing. They got those large catches of fish because of what Jesus did at his word. And at his word, he provides for you as well. All you need. His word with the water of baptism that washes you clean and gives you new birth, new life. His word which absolves you. The preaching of his word, his gospel. And his word which makes mere bread and wine into the body and blood of a lamb to feed you. His word which makes sinners into saints. Fishermen into disciples, even enemies into missionaries. For as with Peter, he still has plans for you, even if you've been someone like Saul. Saul, the great persecutor of the church, Saul, the enemy of Jesus. At his word, Saul is changed. And Jesus will use him for great things, just like Peter, just like you. You may not think so. You may not think what you do or what you will ever do is so great. But Jesus judges differently than the world. And while the world may think you quite ordinary, to Jesus you are not. To be great in his eyes is simply to be his child, to receive from him and to look to him for all you need. And what you receive from him, you'll give. His love, his forgiveness to those people he gives to you. That is what Peter would now do. That would be his confession. That is how he would tend and feed Jesus' lambs and sheep. He would teach them of the lamb that was slain and then give them that lamb. Give them his word, his forgiveness, his body and blood. He would tell them how Jesus did that for him and for them too. And he'll use you to provide for others as well. Not the same as Peter but in your own way, where he puts you for the people he gives to you. And when those people or anybody asks you, name, fill in the blank, do you love Jesus more than these? You can confess, not Proudly, but truthfully, no, I do not. I cannot. But Jesus loves me more than these. And that's what matters. That's the answer. Not me, but him. Not what I do, but what he has done and is still doing for me. 
what he did long before I ever came along. His death, his resurrection, his forgiveness, his life. He did it all and gives it all to me. And you too. For Christ is risen. Alleluia. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.